3: Two here on the nightcap, Jeff Parles to my left, Tim Murray with you live from the Circus Sportsbook on a Thursday evening. I tell you what, Jeff, I've it's it's coming up on a year that I've been out here in Las Vegas, not there yet, I guess closer, more nine ish months uh, here at VEASAN, And um, you know, the Pacific time zone is kind of up in the air, you know, something's good, something's bad. Um, you know, with the little guy, sometimes those 4 o'clock games are tricky, but I, I love the night games, you know, here on the show, obviously. Golf on the West Coast? Yes. A-plus. All the time. A-plus. Every time. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. We got golf. Is it still going on? I think I think they, they have maybe about 10 minutes left of, uh, I mean, of light in, in La Jolla. Yes. This golf on the West Coast, I think anybody should sign Even the East Coasters. Because then you're getting this thing, what we're expected to end the U.S. Open on Sunday, Father's Day, at around 8 or 9 in the
4: East? Yeah, I think so. I think we're getting primetime golf like we did in Chambers Bay a few years Giddy ago. Up.
3: Yeah, hopefully we get up. Hopefully we get a good finish. Uh, but before we get to the golf leaderboard, Brady Cannon also going to join us later on in this hour. Always love having Brady on on this spot. Uh, he, he always... I don't know if we'll have the updated uh, in-play, you know, round two bets. uh, But I always love getting Brady's perspective uh, and West. Check out Veasan.com. I'm sure they'll have write-ups later on tonight. How they looked at tonight at today's performance and how to bet tomorrow into the weekend. So always check out Veasan.com during the majors uh, for those in uh, in plays. But it's pretty much over in uh, in Milwaukee. 102-83. 102 to 83. I know I, I do this a lot on the show and we all do. We, it's a, it's a it's a forum to uh, to vent a little bit. was kicking myself. you were kicking yourself. Why didn't we, why didn't we take the four points with the uh, with the clippers last night at the second half? Why, why didn't we do that? It's a bad bet. You know what? I didn't lay the point and a half of the Brooklyn Nets in the second half, because there was just something with me. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. One of us, one of us did all right. There, there's something, <laughs> there was just something in me that said, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and look when it was, it was five points. Not that long ago. I felt, man, well, I did it again. Why didn't I, why didn't I do this? And uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have separated this thing. Um, you know, the jabroni squad is out there. This game's over. We're having a game seven on Saturday night. Uh, I got to imagine it's that Saturday primetime game, you know, 8.30 in the East, whatever it may be. Bucks and Nets, kind of what we expected. Now, the injuries were thrown out there, but what? Uh, Now, before I puff out my chest and say, I told you this is why I bet Philadelphia to win the East. I don't feel great about Philadelphia. They're down 3-2. But I said this series would be a war. Didn't look that way through two games. Kyrie gets hurt, and now we've got ourselves a game seven. Yeah,
4: yeah, look, uh, the, more importantly than than, that, than even, well, Kyrie getting hurt obviously is important, but that fluky 86-83 game is the only reason this series is still going. Yeah. I, I mean, Brooklyn very easily could have won that game, and then even if Kyrie got hurt, it could have been a situation where Milwaukee's already packing up the tent. They may have already packed up the tent if it was 3-0, so uh, look, uh, winning that, That homage to 1990s basketball in Game Three was uh, was the most important individual game result in this series to
3: get this to seven. Um, For uh, for anyone who played, uh, who has played, Joe Harris props this. uh, Not been fun for you. This uh, this series. Now Game One was okay. Um, He's five for 24 from three in the last four games, Jeff. Once again, to the listeners who are frequent to the program, thank you. And you've heard this. The guy led the league in three-point shooting percentage. He is shooting 20%. So clearly, as Krusty the Clown would say, he's due. But they were (laughs) due. Maybe Joe Harris is due for a game. I don't know. Man, he shot 50% from three against the Celtics. Shooting twenty percent in the last four. It's all but over. Milwaukee up by fifteen. More on this game. Little U.S. Open update, and we got to mention had a Stanley Cup semifinal game today as well. It's the nightcap here on Veasan. One hundred two to eighty-nine. All right, Jeff. Uh, maybe. Maybe the back door, the in-game back door. Oh, wait a second. We're down. Yeah, man. I I Who's there? Not not
4: enough possessions. Who's there? Not enough possessions. I don't, I don't know. Think. We'll see. Oh, oh, oh. the Giannis just airballing a dunk just helped things. Yeah, the uh, the younger Giannis just tried to dunk Net's possession. I need a the, need a bucket here. Right to the. All right. No, don't th- don't uh, throw yeah, it away. No, that's not no, that. It's not, not. Yeah, Jeff,
3: Jeff took a little bite in game. Took Brooklyn plus nine and a half. One hundred two eighty nine. I'm losing by a half. Somehow, someway, I'm losing by a half.
4: <laughs> uh I oh, there you go. Turnover. I <laughs> I want to
3: sit back and just watch the pain. What what was what, what uh, is this, what is happening
4: on the, right now? All right, uh, now we got now we got you, younger Giannis shooting free throw. I was. That was a great possession. Everybody playing a uh, p- patty cake in the backcourt. Do you know what's there... happening? It's guys no, that I, never play are playing I, 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 in a playoff I mean, this game is, right this now. This is,
3: wow. It's like we're back in back in the bubble last year. Kevin Durant's got a, a hoodie on. He's just sitting on the sidelines. James Harden, too. They're like, all right, just, just get us in the plane. Can we get out of here? Let's get a game seven. Uh, that should be great. But before we get to that, as this thing wraps up, we'll, we'll hit on this when it officially hits home. We'll grade all the props. We'll do everything. Um... The U.S. Open going on, as I mentioned, um, Brady Cannon going to join us here in just a little bit Uh, for the leaderboard. As we uh, as we take a peek at that, as I thought I had it up on a tab here, and this is a quality, uh, quality job uh, by me. You're a leader after one round as uh, Louis Ustason, I believe, still has a chance. Uh, unless they've have they called it due to darkness, Jeff. Uh, I am not certain yet. I think we might have one. Yeah, Louis Ooste is in is at four under right yeah. now through sixteen. Okay, so they blew the horn, so uh, they'll have to wrap this up. We tomorrow. do have our first
4: line, okay, Tim, and it's from the Super Book. Oh, whoa, whoa, for this for 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 game seven. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. all right. Split the difference between the two of us. Milwaukee one and a half. Two sixteen and a half, and you and, I, and I'll and, give and, you credit.
3: Yeah, during the break, mics were off. This is the type of guy I am. Look at yes, this! I'm yes, getting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. did say during the break one and a half. Okay, so
4: yeah, I did. I did correct myself because I went off the original line for Game Five, which was Milwaukee three, uh, Milwaukee four. Yep. And then Harden came, was announced in, and it got bet all the way to one at close. So one and a half is. I have no problem with that. I'll probably bet the Nets. That's all I know.
3: Another home dog. So right now. We've got a home dog, two home dogs tomorrow, Atlanta and Los Angeles, and we'll have a home dog in a game seven. A home dog in the Brooklyn Nets who has Kevin Durant. The best player in that game resides on the team that's the underdog mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Just, just talking it out. It's what we do. Just talking it out. Now... Who has the next best player? Obviously, Milwaukee Giannis. Who has the third best player? Chris Middleton, right now, right now,
4: way, Chris Middleton. With the way
3: Harden is, is Drew looking? Holiday better than um, than Harden? Than Harden moment? right now? I don't know. I don't know. Because Drew, Drew Holiday hasn't really played all that
4: well. Drew Holiday made the big play in Game 3. Yeah. That's basically big, been his big
3: contribution in this series. So we got ourselves at least one Game 7. That is tasty. Always tremendous. Love it. One hundred four eighty nine. This game has gone final. And let's just go ahead and uh, jump right into it. Brady Cannon will, will join us later on the hour. We'll get his thoughts. Uh, Russell Henley is your... Russell Henley and Louis Oostazen, who I did not bet this tournament... I bet him at the PGA and he finished second, as I was desperately hoping for Phil to do something dumb and he didn't. Um, so Louis U stays off to a good start. Francesco Molinari at three under. Uh, Cabrea Bello at three under. Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, names that many people probably bet. Uh, I believe uh, Matt Humans was on Brooks Kepka. Was he on Xander too? I can't remember. Um, but names, you know, and I, this was a name, and it's just one round. But this was a name I was thinking of fading, and I ultimately just stayed away. Ultimately, but what name is on the bottom of that in T five? That Hi- that, would, that would be Hideki Matsuyama. Your your Masters champion tied for fifth. So I thought, you know, some people. Um, I think it was. I think it was Steve Sands talked about. That masters high goes for a long time. Really good first round though for Hideki Matsuyama. So we'll take a look at the full leaderboard a little bit later on. But let's just jump right into it. 104 to 89, the final score. The Bucks get it done, tie this thing up, force a deciding game seven. As the early line once again at the Westgate Superbook, one and a half. Milwaukee. So Bucks, a one and a half point road favorite against. The Brooklyn Nets and uh, what's the total on that? Do we have a total? Oh yeah, uh,
4: we're now. now I had now. have to get back to uh, our guy Rex Byers' tweet. Two sixteen and a half. So it's gotten even lower.
3: Okay. So two. bend
4: bending under. So have the four to two. Think about think about where we are.
3: <laughs> we're twenty three <points> Twenty three. <laughs> this series started two thirty nine and a half. The under is hitting five of the six games, and if you played the closing number in all six games, you would never have lost a bet on the under, because there was a push in game five. Now, most people probably got it at a different number, but regardless, and now it's 216.5. How can you bet the over? Historically, game sevens go under. This series has been a dead under series. How can you play an over in this game? Because it's (laughs) 216.5. Well, I, mean, I guess I mean, what you can say is the last time these two teams played in Brooklyn. It went over. It went over. But it went and over again, that number.
4: But it also, again, Tim, like, even though I'm probably going to end up betting the Nets, like, Kevin Durant has to have an all-world, all-time performance probably for them to win this game in Game 7. Like, that's what it took in Game 5. It took maybe a top three playoff performance I've ever seen to beat this team by two possessions i i don't know tim i, I it just it's just tough to really look at the series and not and not say well even they, like again Milwaukee is favored mm-hmm. Milwaukee uh would i would imagine when we when the, the futures odds are reposted they should be the favorite in the eastern conference at this point yes it just is so it just is so So odd to see this. And again, this is another another series as this whole playoffs and whole year has been. It has been injury riddled and injuries have have made a huge impact in this series.
3: I mean, and for the most part, Milwaukee, now they haven't been completely unscathed. They don't have Dante DiVincenzo who you you saw his presence being missed, I would say, in Game 5 in the comeback. You could have utilized, you really used him just at some point uh, to be out there. But You know, Chris Middleton tonight, 38 points, 5 of 8 from 3. He had 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals. So, I'm not saying, to your point about Kevin Durant, right, they needed a Herculean effort from Kevin Durant to win Game 5, come back from 16 down at the half, he scores 30-plus in the second half, finishes with 49, I mean, are you going to get 38 from Chris Middleton again? You're going to get 30 from Giannis, probably. I mean, Chris Middleton's an all-star. I
4: mean, he's It wouldn't been, he's surprise been, me. He's been good in the games in Milwaukee in this series. Right. He's been very good in the games in Milwaukee. Uh, one problem for Game 7, that game is in Brooklyn. So, look, I, again, Giannis... A, a, games in Brooklyn. Yeah, the games in Brooklyn. Giannis,
3: again... 13-17... And 25. Yeah, much better in game five. 26, 35, and 36. Those are his yeah. shooting percentages in Brooklyn. Yeah,
4: it's not, it's not great. But look, it, it really, Tim. More than anything, for this game seven, if Giannis can play Kevin Durant even, the Bucks are probably gonna win. That's what it comes down to for me. And oh, by the way, I, I didn't even mention it. Jeff Green probably had more points in game five than it basically did the last month of the season. 27 points in Game 5. That's not happening again.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, you're making very valid points, and I, I haven't decided what I would want to do uh, for this game. I one, still one might bet Brooklyn other. anyway, even though I'm well, basically I mean, making you the also argument have for to Milwaukee. Think about, you're making the argument for Milwaukee because if Jeff Green doesn't go 7-for-7 seven seven to start the <laughs> game from 3, this game is a 20-point advantage for the Bucks, and it's over. You know, it, It's not happening. But the X factor in all of this, I don't... Kyrie's not going to play. It's not official, but no, yeah, he's, he's not playing. He's not playing. But James Harden, how healthy is he going to be? You know, tonight, he didn't play 46 minutes, but he went out and played. Uh, how many minutes did he play? You have the box score up. He played 40 minutes tonight. Did hit some threes. Remember, he went one for 10 from the field in uh, in game five. It was three of six from three, five of nine from the field, 16 points, seven assists. So. That hamstring will continue to get better, and is there a chance that he's 85 percent, you know, for Game Seven? I, these are all just questions I'm throwing out there. Not necessarily have answers to them, but um, the norm feels like if if things are regular, mm-hmm. the Bucks will win this game. Does that make sense? I, yeah. Again, it just. But the X factor is, is one of the greatest. Offensive players ever to walk the face of the earth is going to be wearing a Brooklyn Nets uniform. It, it, it,
4: the best play, the best offensive player in the league, is on the other side. I mean, that's it, it's that simple, Tim. And look again. That's why. That's why I said what I said before. If 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 Giannis and Durant are even, Milwaukee's going to win this game. I agree. And I don't know if
3: I don't think that's I,
4: happening. I don't think that's happening either. And it's just a matter of how badly does Kevin Durant outplay Giannis? And if it's, again, it's not like Giannis played poorly in Game 5. Durant just had an all-timer. So it He just, also it, didn't guard him. Yeah, well, that's uh, like, that's not his fault. That's I know, on, I know uh, it's not his that's fault. On, that's on Mr. Budenholzer. But look, uh, in the end here, Tim, if Giannis and Durant can cancel each other out with their numbers, Milwaukee probably wins this game by 10 points. I really do think that did, but in the end, I'm probably going to bet Brooklyn because I don't want to bet against Kevin Durant at home at this point.
3: Once again, your final tonight: 104 to 89. And uh, let's get to some grading, like we're teachers. Uh, let's take a look at the props for tonight. You had a massive number for Kevin Durant: 36 and a half, and he goes under. Finishes with 32 points. In the 104-89 loss, it felt like there for a moment. Jeff, uh, he made a run, and it, it it just felt like, okay, here we go. This is he's going to get over 36 and a half points. He does not get there. Let's just do the Nets. Uh, James Harden, that's a tough one because you felt like you were going to get there. I think he was at 16 for quite some time. Ultimately, James Harden goes under on his points. Under on his rebounds. Under on his assists. Close. 16 points. 5 rebounds. 7 assists. But under on all three of those. Joe Harris. Of course he went under. I mean, he's just having a horrific series. Maybe. Maybe. Joe Harris comes through in Game 7. Somebody. I'm calling it right now. and This isn't a hot take, but somebody not named Kevin Durant, James Harden, Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton will have some big shots like we saw in game five, the Jeff Green game when he scored, when he hit seven threes, you know, somebody's going to have that day. Is it Joe Harris? I don't know how you bet on him now. The dude is four for 23 from three in this series or in the last four games. He's been horrific. But this is a guy where you look at Marcus Morris with the Clippers. Horrible. One for 16 from three for the first four games in that series and has played exceptionally well these past two games. I messed that up. One for 16, first three games, he played well the last two games. So maybe Joe, uh, Joe Harris comes through. I wouldn't bet on it, but maybe he does. Blake Griffin, uh, he does get you an over. So there you go. Your lone over in the starting lineup Blake Griffin points. He finishes with 12. Go back to Jeff Green, though. Five points.
4: I mean, that was only, again, that was a once in...
3: One, one for four for
4: yeah, I mean, That's a once in a 20-game occurrence. If you're lucky for Brooklyn, again, actually, well, it was a once in a career occurrence for what Jeff Green yeah. did the other night. But, look, again, someone, and assuming Harden is compromised like he has been in these two games since coming back, Blake Griffin or Joe Harris or or Bruce Brown, or someone, someone has to be the second guy for the Nets if they're going to have a chance to win this game. Even Again, look, Durant had an all-time great performance in Game 5, but if Jeff Green doesn't score 27 points, Brooklyn is, this is over tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks have been the team that has moved on to the Eastern Conference Finals already. So, again, it'll be. I'm Tim, I'm most fascinated by the, at least from the betting perspective here, how... Do these how does this move? Does Milwaukee get bet? Do they hit what what's the buyback point on Brooklyn if that's the case, or does Brooklyn get bet and this thing closes a pick? And it being on a Saturday night kind of means that the public may be more involved than usual, but mm-hmm. they're already going to be heavily involved to begin with on uh, in a game seven. So I'm just really intrigued to see how the 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 one and a half moves. Throughout these next, uh,
3: give it uh, 45 hours or so before that game tips. Giannis finished with 30 points tonight 17 rebounds, three assists, uh, under on assists, over rebounds, under on points. Chris Middleton had himself a night. 38 points. He had five threes, had 10 rebounds, he had five assists. Over, over, and over on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Solid performance tonight. Twenty-one points, eight of twenty-one, one for ten from three. Eek, that ain't that ain't pretty. Uh, he did, Drew Holiday, have eight rebounds. That is an over there for uh, for Holiday, and then five assists for Drew Holiday. Look at that, plus three fifty. If anyone uh, wanted to grab Chris Middleton. For a double double. Uh, Giannis and Kevin Durant also coming through with double doubles. 104.89, Bucks a winner over the Nets. We'll have ourselves a game seven on Saturday in Brooklyn. It's the nightcap here on VCEN.
2: If you dare.
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It is the nightcap here on v as the Milwaukee Bucks... Forcing a game seven against the Brooklyn Nets. That'll be on Saturday night. We have an early line over at Westgate. Bucks, minus one and a half, a total of 216 and a half. And it's been an uh, interesting discussion on Twitter of uh, people guessing what this line would be. And I think there is uh, some, uh, some, su- some folks a little surprised to see that the Bucs are a road favorite. Uh, a couple nuggets. And Bucks fans might want to ear muffin on these. Uh, from our friend Chris Miles from NBA TV. Home teams. 109. And 31. All time. In game sevens. That is a winning percentage of 779. Jeff. Bucks 2-8 and eight all time. In game sevens. They have lost three straight dating back to 2001. Now, what does that mean? Really nothing. It's a different game. Um, But to have a home team as a dog in a Game 7 with Kevin Durant, once again, is, is pretty surprising. I understand why it is what it is. But I'm just saying, those words, Kevin Durant at home, underdog, those you didn't think would be in the same sentence.
4: Again, it, again, it's this is going to be a rare opportunity where the team with the better player mm-hmm. is a home dog in a winner-take-all scenario. You're not going to see this very often. Period. Tim, regardless of the scenario.
3: And once again, to bring up LeBron, and now I, the team that LeBron played in 2000 was it 18? was not even close to what the Bucks are in the Boston Celtics. But, you know, they had Jason Tatum, they had Jalen Brown. They were a talented team. And I can't remember if... I I, I don't remember who was the favorite in that game. Uh, we'll we'll take a look. But that was a circumstance where you're just saying, it's LeBron, it's Game 7, he's not going to come out of the game. Yeah, well, we'll it's going to be fun. Saturday is going to be fun. That's all I'm going to say. Right now, if you like the Bucks. You got under two. Uh, if you like the uh, if you like the Nets, you're getting points right now. Uh, so there you go. We'll see. We'll see what this what this line does. If there's any dancing uh, with this line. If other shops follow suit and and feel like it's the same number um, that uh, that the Westgate has put out there with the Bucks laying one and a half, and that number is now one. That was fast. Yep. William Hill is also open. Milwaukee minus one. So my guess was pick. You amended your big guess off air. I give you credit. Circle gets the square. You won. You you called it one and a half. <laughs> it has now moved to one. Uh, see, an offshore shop has a juiced uh, uh, one and a half for Brooklyn. So uh, that is where we stand. 104 to 89. Game seven coming up on Saturday night. Two game six is tomorrow, which we will get to. JVT will join us at the top of the hour. So we'll break down Philadelphia, Atlanta, Utah, and Los Angeles. Once again, a pair. Of home dogs tomorrow in Atlanta and Los Angeles. Um, earlier today at the U.S. Open, uh, this thing wrapping up not too long ago. Russell Henley is your leader. I'm sure, Jeff, you had Russell Henley as your uh, top guy on your card. Oh, uh, that would be a no. Uh, any plays that you had, or how you feeling on some of uh, on some of your plays as we take a look at the leaderboard?
4: Yeah. So I don't, uh, Tim. I don't. The new golf strategy I have employed this year is I don't take futures until the weekend, mm. just because it's again needle and haystack. Sure, uh, very difficult. So here's what I have: I have Finau top ten with a little over plus two hundred here at circa. That did not look good. He is he's three over. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, not not good so far. I took Kepka top twenty plus one thirty, which was a great number that was available here at circa. So far so good on Kepka. I have a Matsuyama plus 185, top 20, also a circa number. That looks okay right now. I have Patrick Reed minus 110, top 20. I don't see. What, I didn't. I don't know where Reed ended up. I think he was one over last I saw. Um,
3: Patrick Reed, yeah, one over. Yeah, uh, 72 today, tied and, for 41st.
4: And then I took a big bloated price on Matt Wallace, top 20, and that was not going well early in the day. Wallace was as high as four over. He's three over. He's three over now, so and not not in good shape there, but. Uh, look, with the with what I saw today, this is just one of those where we're going to continue to get numbers before tournaments that are sub twenty, uh, that that are that are excuse me, north of twenty to one, north of fifteen to one on Brooks Koepka to win majors. If he's healthy, he's going to be in this thing. He was not healthy in the Masters. He was healthy at the PGA. Looked healthy today
3: at the U.S. Open. Yeah, I got him top five at plus five hundred. So Good number. hopefully he can keep playing. He is tied for fifth. Brady Cannon, we'll discuss that in uh, 15 minutes from now. But, man, there's a lot of talk. Something happened down in South Beach. Talk a little Finns quarterback next right here on the Nightcap. a new feature here at VEASAN.com. Every day, we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written, and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vsin.com. It is the nightcap here on vsin Once again, if you're just joining us, the Bucks, a winner. Uh, they are headed uh, to a Game 7. They win 104-89. to 89, The Under coming home with ease again in this series. Five out of six games, the Under has hit, and once again uh, pretty easily uh, in those circumstances. Tonight, as well as you had a total of 193 points in a Pre-flop total of 220 and a half. Milwaukee went off as a five, and uh, they were as high as a six-point favorite. Jeff closed at five. They win by 15. Uh, a late run in that fourth quarter when things got down to five. They ultimately win. They open as a one-point favorite. The Bucks do actually open one and a half. It is now bet two-one against the Brooklyn Nets. So that is where we stand. Uh, more on the Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Game 7, Philly, Atlanta, Utah, Clippers. Everything you need to know. NBA, top of the hour. JVT will join us. Brady Cannon will join us in 10 minutes. Talk some U.S. Open. His thoughts from the first round. And as we look ahead to some uh, some uh, plays for tomorrow. Update of Futures Board and, and all of that good stuff with Brady here momentarily. But did you notice... About two days ago, maybe yesterday, I, I can't remember. Everything blends together. A lot of people were getting pretty fired up about the news coming out of Dolphins mini camp. Yep, mini camp. Tuatunga Vailoa entering year number two as the starter down there for the Dolphins. Fifth overall pick uh, two years ago. A pick ahead of Justin Herbert, which is something that worth keeping an eye on. He threw five interceptions during practice. And everybody just essentially said, "Up, oh, they're done. Season's over. They stink. Brian Flores has since made note, we want him to be aggressive in practice. Jeff, I don't know what to think of Tua. And I think a lot of people are high, and i have uh, high on the Dolphins. And I am kind of in that... A little bit of purgatory on the Dolphins because I have questions about Tua. That said, are we really going to lose our minds over a mid-June mini-camp when you're trying, when you're supposed to be pressing your luck? You're supposed to be firing balls into tight windows. This is the time to make those mistakes. Look, I'm not a Tua apologist. I don't know what to think of him right now. But for the love of God, people, it was it's minicamp. Let's pump the brakes. Brian Flores wanted him to be aggressive. Try to fit balls in the tight windows, and that's what he was trying to do.
4: Be completely honest with you, Tim. I I I, uh, I don't care what he does in minicamp. <laughs> good. I, I don't care. I truly don't care. What I care more about is that he didn't really look good at all last year. That's true. Look. It's very hard to truly evaluate young quarterbacks off of last season because there was not a real mini camp. There wasn't a real training camp. There was no preseason. It's very difficult to evaluate uh, that rookie class from a year ago, even though I think the returns on the other two of Burrow and Herbert mm-hmm. Burrow pre injury yep. was pretty darn good. Herbert was terrific. Herbert was obviously spectacular and is being considered a top 10 quarterback already. So. Look, I I don't care what he did in minicamp. I'm in the camp that I think the Dolphins are in for a hard regress this year because their defense scored a lot of points. They forced a lot of turnovers last year, and they scored off of those turnovers. And Tua was... Okay, they are. They do have better weapons than they had a year ago. The Will Fuller edition was a big, big, big addition If he's for them. healthy, if he's healthy, of course. And uh, taking Jalen Waddle at, at, at six again, another guy. If he's healthy, but look, I, I, I don't care to two it through five interceptions. But I will say this. I still think Miami is way behind Buffalo in that division, and they're closer to the other two than they are the Bills.
3: Yeah, right now, uh, just looking at uh, at one shop in town, um, Buffalo, rightfully so, is the favorite to win this division at minus 170. And then the Patriots and the Dolphins are both plus 375. Um, I- I'm not fully on board with you on the regress. I, I-, I understand where you're coming mm-hmm. from because of – what the defense did. And I'm not trying to drink the Kool-Aid. This isn't a Brown situation two years ago (laughs) where, um, you know, everyone's... Everyone lost their minds. I I like the way that they've been building this organization. They've been, you know, stockpiling picks, you know, getting players that can come in right away. Um, And getting a playmaker at six and Jalen Waddell, you know, a, a comfort level with... With to a, a guy that stretches the defense, and Will Fuller. I mean, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle. Um, those are some really interesting. Weapons to have out there. They go out and they get Liam Eichenberg in the second round. He's probably your plug-and-play starting guard. You have a left tackle in in Austin Jackson. You spent a first-round pick on last year. Uh, they went out and got Jalen Phillips, a guy who can rush the edge uh, in the first round. Some people looked at Jevon Holland out of Oregon as the best safety if he w- hadn't opted out last year in Oregon. So I, I just they continue to build through the draft with quality picks. You know they reap the benefits. Uh, and they kept, you know, they they turned the Laramie Tunsil trade just into pick after pick after pick after pick. Everything to me though, it just boils down to Tua, and that's why I don't have any plays on on the Dolphins at this point in time. If you told me Jeff that they went twelve and five, I would say I could see it. You know, the way that they've been building, they were you know one game away from the playoffs last year. But if you tell me they went seven and ten. I'd say, well, Tua probably isn't very good. I mean, that's where we're at. So right now, if you're Brian Flores in this Dolphins team and you see the odds over under nine wins, heavily juiced to the over, their backup situation is pretty intriguing. It's Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, who obviously has New England ties, and I think some people thought should have got a better shake in Indianapolis Last year, we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick be that break glass in case of emergency type of player. I don't know if Jacoby Brissett is that. I think he's the guy that, okay, Tua's not the guy. We have to go to Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby
4: Brissett's better than Tua at this moment.
3: At this moment? I, I, feel, I agree.
4: I feel pretty confident. I agree. That.
3: But you did spend the sixth overall pick on him. so
4: I think no, he, he, It's Tua's job, unless if he's just completely unplayable, Tim. really is.
3: Yep. I also I also agree with that assessment. The US Open, it's so great out on the West Coast just wrapped up earlier this hour. We'll talk to Brady Cannon next right here on the Nightcap.
2: If you dare.
3: To hire Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit indeed.com/slash credit. It is an ICAP here on VCN. Uh, that's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. In just a moment we'll be joined by Brady Cannon. But we had Derek Stevens to start the show tonight. You asked him about the Padres. It is the, what is it, the reopening day? It's uh, the true opening day. True opening day. I think day.
4: that's what they're calling it, full capacity in San Diego. And your guy Mark Melanson gave up four in the top of the
3: ninth inning to give the Reds a 4-2 to two lead. So uh, Derek was hoping for neither Tatis or uh, was it Machado walk-off, Homer? So... Hey, maybe he gets his wish. So uh, that game headed to the bottom of the ninth. But let's talk some golf. U.S. Open first round uh, just concluding. And Brady, this has nothing to do with handicapping. I just love that a major's on the West Coast. It is beautiful. These things wrapping up late in the evening. I I don't know how it, you know, for you and you having to do work for VEASAN.com and then looking at the posted numbers. Maybe you don't like it. I don't know. But I'm thoroughly enjoying things wrapping up around 8 o'clock our time.
6: Uh, I tell you what, Tim, uh, I I like it whatever way you slice it, man. (laughs) I I can't get enough major championship golf, but no, I'm with you, too. I mean, nothing like watching major championship golf in prime time, right? That was really cool. And, of course, you know, I come from uh, California. I grew up in Northern California and uh, very familiar with Pebble Beach and, and those courses up there that often host majors. And then I went to school in San Diego. I've actually played Torrey Pines a number of times. So very cool for me to watch uh, stuff that I'm familiar with, but I'm with you. And, and what a beautiful watch it was today. Obviously, we had the fog delay in the morning, but then when the sun came out,
3: um, that place is pretty easy on the eyes. Um, let's take a look at the just the top of the leaderboard, and you know something that I always love talking to you about in these spots on Thursday and, and sometimes Friday is okay. You know who do we fade tomorrow? So. Right now, your leader is Russell Henley. Louis Oosthuizen is at four under, still has two holes to go. He'll finish that up tomorrow. Um, what did you make of Russell Henley's round today? Uh, you know, looking at his scorecard, couple bogeys, uh, what, he had six birdies. So a strong performance uh, for Russell Henley. Do you think this is a sustainable situation for him moving forward?
6: Uh no, I would expect him to come back a little bit. Uh you know, he did not hit a lot of fairways today. Uh his accuracy off the tee is going to have to improve. So you could say that he got a little bit lucky, you know, shooting a 67, the low round of the day so far with Louis not complete yet. But uh, missing fairways and still hitting 72% of greens in regulation, and shooting four under par, maybe a little bit of luck there. Uh, he gained over three strokes on approach. So I mean, I mean, he played a, a, a tremendous round of golf. But if he's only hitting half the fairways, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't tell me uh, that it was, you know. A perfect round of golf that we see this guy being able to repeat uh, going forward now if if he hits a bunch of fairways tomorrow then yeah you know this could continue but if he's going to continue to miss fairways um, you know it, it's going to go south in a hurry you also look at how he putted he gained almost four strokes on the greens putting and now that's incredible and that Tim is probably even more likely to regress than what he does off the tee as far as hitting fairways so I would expect Russell to come back to the pack a little bit. And, you know, he's a, he's a great player, and his stats really fly off the page. But he doesn't have a ton of experience as far as winning golf tournaments on the PGA Tour. He's never won a major before. So it is probably going to get to him a little bit, uh, you know, having the first-round lead at the U.S. Open. And that, that's something that's tough to swallow. That's a lot of pressure. So I, I, I don't know if he's going to blow up. But, yeah, I don't think he'll be in the lead after tomorrow.
4: Brady uh, a collection of past uh, of 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 past major champions and Kepka and Matsuyama from uh, this year at the Masters and then two of the favorites from pre-tournament Xander Shoffley and John Rom both completing their rounds at two under Brady uh, of those four of uh, Matsuyama Kepka Shoffley, and Rom Rom obviously the favorite right now at 5 to 1 who do you trust the most going in to round 2
6: Well, I tell you, it's probably easiest to say Brooks, right? I mean, this this guy has such an incredible track record at major championships, and You just look back, going over his career and what he does at majors, um, the guy just kicks into a different gear. So I don't think it's real surprising to see him right there once again at the top of the leaderboard. You know, he was not a guy that I landed on as one of my picks this week. I almost went to him, but I ended up going with Patrick Cantley instead. And he had a nice round as well. He still has two holes left and is just one shot further back at one under par. Um, But I think Brooks is the easy answer there. Um, Matsuyama is very interesting because i wouldn 't necessarily expect him to to go on and continue you know at the pace he is at currently, but having won the masters, maybe this guy has a whole new level of confidence when it comes to majors so so there 's something there. Xander and and John Rahm obviously are trying to win their first one, and I do think they're going to be in the mix. I'm actually on both of those guys. I took a stab at Xander at twenty to one, and I got Rahm at thirteen to one, and I expect them to be there. I think they're playing very well. They're both. They both had have had tremendous success at this golf course. Rahm, especially in the Farmers Insurance Open, but Xander more so, just because he's lived there all his life. So, like I say, I think Brooks is the easy answer, But
3: I, I don't think Xander and Rom are going away. We're talking to Brady Cannon, co-host of the Long Shots, obviously contributor uh, all over the place on Vison Green Zone on the weekends, and check out his, his written work as well, Veasan.com and and Point Spread Weekly. Brady, um, you know the sh- the name of your show with Wes is Long Shots, and you guys love the Long Shots. But I, I, to me, it was telling uh, that both you and 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 uh, and West landed on John Rahm knowing that you know where he was in the odds is not something that you guys normally do. But to me, that said, man, they they must see something in John Rahm and and they think they're not getting this number again. And right now, that's true. Uh, he, he's five to one at DraftKings. So, what was it about John Rom that made you even at that short price go in on him? And then you know, going back, and I, I know you kind of hinted uh, hit it on it, you know. From what you saw today, do you think this thing is, is going to continue in that direction the next three days here at Tory Pines?
6: Yeah, I think, uh, you, you know, And every every now and then you do land on a favorite, uh, on a short shot. And, you know, I mean, every now and then Dustin Johnson and John Rahm and Kepka and these guys win these things, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it's also a major championship. And if you look at the history of recent major championships, they usually go to guys that rank in the top 25 in the world. That's a trend we've seen for the last 10 or 15 years. And, you know, it's not all that often that you get uh, a triple-digit guy, you know, a 100-to-1 shot or what have you, winning a major championship. Now, you know, you look at last week uh, at the Palmetto Championship, Garrick Higo at 50-to-1, and you know, you're going to get guys uh, that are going to win tournaments like that. But uh, what we've seen lately in major championships is, is the cream of the crop, and, the, and that's, that's really kind of the way it should be. That's what we like, certainly, as viewers, and, and I do think it's going to continue for John Rahm. I thought he played a really nice round today, and, and you guys know this, in any major championship, people are going to make bogeys, and, and he made a couple of them, but, but he also made some birdies, and I thought he hit the ball really well. And I think one of the most uh, important statistics here for this particular golf course is total driving. And John Rahm rakes second on tour in total driving. That's a combination of length and accuracy. So not only does he hit it long, but he finds a lot of fairways, too. Uh, I also think there was something coming in where he had to you know, withdraw from the memorial when he had a six-shot lead and uh, was trying to win that tournament, uh, You know, was handed the, the winning ticket by a lot of the books around the country, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but was forced to withdraw uh, because of the COVID test, and, and I think that ticked him off. I think he handled it very well. I, I thought he was really graceful and professional about how he dealt with that. But I think that lit a fire in him inside. And you guys, he also comes to a place where he has his first ever PGA Tour victory at Torrey Pines. He also proposed to his wife here. And, and I, I don't want to get you know gushy with some sort of story, but the point <laughs> is, it's a place he really likes. You know, I mean, it, it's a place he holds special in his heart for a lot of different reasons. So. It's kind of a perfect storm, I think, for John Rom. Possibly,
4: Brady. We have about uh, about a minute and a half here. Uh, betting second round individual matchups is going to be very tricky because of uh, the first round not concluding on time and bleeding into tomorrow morning. Uh, just uh, Brady, how how are you going to handle betting second round matchups uh, as they come out? But again, some will probably come out tonight. Most though will come out tomorrow morning after the round is completed.
6: Yeah, I'm seeing uh, some have been posted here at the Westgate, and uh, just starting to do my research here. Obviously, the round just ended uh, not too long ago. Uh, but you talk about Russell Henley, and and you know this was uh, a topic you guys and I discussed last time uh, for the PGA Championship. You get a guy like Corey Connors, who you know he was the first round leader and kind of shot the round of his life there at Keogh Island. That would be a guy I'd be looking to fade, and, and probably similar with. Russell Henley, I'm not seeing a matchup currently posted uh, that has him pitted against anyone, but I'm sure those will surface here pretty soon and that's the other thing like you guys mentioned you know with this with this first round not being completely done, uh, who knows when we're going to get a real wide menu of options as far as second round matchups, so we may just be on hold here for a while, but I would look at some of the unusual suspects, if you will kind of like a russell henley that maybe played above their head a little bit and were electric on the greens and gained a bunch of strokes putting because that type of thing is typically going to come back to the pack so and if they're pitted against a guy like, say, a Justin Thomas or a Webb Simpson or Jordan Speed, a guy that maybe, you know, shot a higher round than you would have expected, they're likely to go to the positive, you know, towards the norm. So uh, those are the type of matchups I'll look for round two.
3: Brady, always love uh, getting your insight, especially when it is a uh, major season. And we'll hear from you all throughout the, uh, the weekend here on v Appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, I'll have the uh, post-round article here posted pretty soon. There you go. At Las LasVegasGolferVeason.com. Check it out. That's Brady Cannon. It's the Nightcap here on VSN. At Bed 365 we don't do
0: ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.